Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees Podcast, special live edition of the RFK Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here, joined by Trey Trainum. Trey, how you doing, my friend? Doing okay. Took a took a handful of Xanax uh, after <laughs> the game ended, and I'm uh, feeling pretty good. Yeah, I think I think most of us most of us reached for the Xanax. Most of us reached for whatever we could to calm down. Uh, very reminiscent of 2014, 2015 DC United just choking the game off. Um, except- very reminiscent of early 2017. Not uh, <laughs> 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 yes. that long ago. Oh, hey, uh, we got a caller coming in. Actually, right off the bat. Holy crap, that was quick. And what do we do? Hello, uh, RFK Refugees, who is this? Hey, Rich, uh, this is Colin. Hey, Colin, what's going on, man? What's on your mind? Dude, this game was insane. Um, I just want to get off my chest real quick. That foul, that was a good call. That was a good call by the ref. Um, Orlando doesn't have anything to complain about, clearly, because if they actually looked at the rule book, regardless if he actually struck Rooney or if he didn't, it was a foul regardless, but I'm glad we came out with a win. Yeah, um, yeah, I think uh, I think that that reminiscence uh, a lot of people we, we thought was a foul. Uh, John, I didn't get a chance to introduce you. Like uh, Colin here jumped like right in before we even like got a chance to. But uh, John, uh, how are you doing? And uh, did you uh, do you agree with the call? Hi, Colin. Uh, thanks for calling in. Uh, yes, I agree with the call. Uh, as Alexi Lawless told us 9,000 times uh, in the five minutes after the foul, uh, it's it's all about the attempt and intent. And if I ran around swinging my arms like a helicopter and didn't hit people but almost hit people, <laughs> they would probably tell me to stop that. So I think I think we're fine. I think uh, if I were an Orlando fan, I would be pissed. Uh, but fandom is not about logic. It's about being pissed, basically, when things go when things don't go your way. So... It, we agree. And I think they seemed like the coach agreed with the foul call too, because it was kind of funny because the, um, the, uh, re- the reporter at the halftime asked the coach what they thought was a foul. And she was clearly referring to the Dwyer tackle um, on Rooney. And he said, yeah, that, uh, that was a foul. And you're like, hmm? He's like, yeah, that was a foul on, uh, on Brilliant when he jumped uh, for the ball and collided with the goalkeeper. Um, I contend that wasn't a foul because he's going for the ball. He has his eyes on the ball the entire time. Um, and uh, apparently it's just audio on YouTube. Okay, well, I guess we'll have to. Oh, maybe <laughs> maybe this is it. Yeah, okay, I didn't turn the camera on. My fault. <laughs> so, yeah, this is uh... – oh, no, wait, I turned – Hi, everybody. Oh, I turned... No, I have my camera on. I don't know what that <laughs> uh, is about. I'm, I'm looking at the YouTube channel. It works. Okay. It's on. Right. I don't know. But, yeah. Anyway, I mean, you don't need oh. to see our beautiful faces. You just need to hear our audio. That's but, it. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, I mean, for the remainder of the game, I mean – in the second half of the game, that's when really, you know, I felt like Orlando stepped up and um, they really commanded the rest of the field. I mean, they really held – and they held Acosta like they were like they planned to, and they really – you know, they frustrated Rooney um, there, and they weren't getting – we weren't getting the ball forward as much as we planned to, and they really took advantage of that. And, you know, obviously they got a point in, you know, unfortunately, but – at the end of the day, you know, wins a win on the road. Um, that's helping us. We're at the top of the table now, and you know, let's just kind of ride this wave. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you. And uh, thanks so much for the call, Colin. We're going to go ahead and open it up uh, for other people. But thanks so Absolutely much for calling. Appreciate in. it. Yep. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think the second half, um, you know, the team I don't think played the the best soccer that they that they played all year. But you know, this is what good teams do. They they find ways to win. And this team found a way, found a way to win. Um, Trey, we, we didn't get your thoughts uh, a little bit earlier, so I'll, I'll cut in with you. Um, do you agree with Colin's sentiment? Yeah, I think that uh, regarding at least the the foul, um, uh, I, I maybe you can put me into the group of people that had no idea that you uh, didn't need to be touched to have a foul, but apparently <laughs> that's in the rules. So uh, yeah. I guess this is one of those times where you can say that the MLS refs actually got it right, which is a weird thing to say. So congrats to the refs for knowing that rule. Uh, <laughs> and I, I contend, I think he was touched. I think he was just, he was clearly touched. And when, when you make that type of play, if it had been a legal like tackle, like if he kept his he leg down, raised. yeah, I mean, but he kept, if he kept his leg down, if he missed the ball and, and it was a very legal tackle, uh, then I would say, I would say he has a, has a reasonable argument that he didn't touch him. But when you throw your leg out like that in a dangerous manner, expose your studs right into Wayne Rooney's, yeah. um, knee, uh, Wayne Rooney's knee, that's a foul in my book. So no, I mean it totally. It logically makes sense, right? Yeah. It would make sense that regardless of you touching them or not touching them, the fact that you would have a tackle like that would would be a foul. So I just I just didn't know that that was the case. Maybe uh maybe I'm I'm a cynic of uh <laughs> I'm a cynic of people's uh, abilities to interpret the rules of soccer. So I don't know. Yeah. So uh, let's uh or, so, go let's ahead talk about. I just want to say uh, it's 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 funny to me that I think Birnbaum announced to his family and friends uh, that he's going to have a baby with his goal celebration. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like from instead of I mean that is a, that's a power play. It's much better of an announcement video than like kicking a soccer ball and having it be blue paint or whatever. This was this was a baller move. Uh, so uh, kudos to the Birnbaum Mazel Tov to the Birnbaum family uh, for a. A new baby. Yes, congrats, congrats to them. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, – and Burbaum gets a goal. Um, again, off a set piece, a well-worked set piece from D.C. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about Rooney's goal, which was just a – I mean, it's like it's hard not – I, I feel like I'm getting kind of just used to it. Like, he steps up, makes an amazing play, and it's just like, yeah, that's just what, what Wayne Rooney does for this team. Uh, you know, so regardless of whether it was a foul, an absolutely fantastic strike by uh by Wayne Rooney and uh puts DC up two nothing and we're th- I'm thinking we're cruising like I was thinking oh man this is gonna be like three nothing you know we're gonna run the table with this team and this is gonna be kind of like a, a coming out party um especially on the road um so I mean again fantastic goal uh is, is that what so I guess my, my next question is so what goal is going to steal goal of the week from from that because that's obviously the goal of the week uh, and just like Rodriguez last week, uh, what goal? What goal is going to steal it? Which fan base is going to stuff the ballot box? Did uh, Cincinnati score this weekend, or no? Did they get shut out? Uh, I think they they lost two one, so I'm not sure. All right, well, whatever that goal was, I'm sure if it was a if it was a goal from three feet, it'll be that one. Uh, potentially, potentially Portland, maybe Seattle, maybe Vancouver. One of those one of those teams. Whoever's got the best bots will probably yeah. uh, will, will probably beat us. Um, I think I, I just want to sort of talk about what the like the way that the game sort of turned on momentum, uh, Joseph Moore is uh, catching a knee in the face, neck area, jaw area, uh, really threw the game the other direction. Uh, the stoppage that that occurred, I think, maybe allowed Orlando to regroup, maybe change their tactics a little around a little bit. Uh, if you didn't see that foul, what happened was Joseph Moore went in for a tackle uh, and caught a knee in the face uh, and. First, I thought the other player was hurt more. I forget who it was. I think it was the right back, maybe. Um, but uh, he hurt his knee a little bit. Mora hurt his face a whole bunch. 
Uh, he was down, bleeding from the face, holding the side of his neck, and they had to substitute him on. Chris McCann came on for his first minute, first minutes of the year. Yeah, or, yeah, 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 it was his first, first minutes. Yeah, um, you know, if if longtime listeners of the show will know, Joseph Mora and I got off to a very rough start. Uh, I thought he was very bad, like very, very garbage bad. Uh, his first couple games in a DC uniform were very bad, and I thought. This was another a failure of scouting uh, to bring another player in from another league that could not adjust. And he has been a rock solid contributor almost every game ever since. He's been one of the best parts of the back line. Uh, and go ahead. Sorry, he's 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 became he's become the new uh, uh, Fisher. Yeah, 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 for sure. He was a, a player that you did not think was going to give you much, and turned out to give you way more than you could have ever expected. Uh, and apparently he went to the hospital after the or during the game to get checked on for a broken uh, jaw, I believe, or a fractured jaw. I don't have a timeline on how long it takes to recover from a fractured jaw, but I'm sure it's not a it's not a week to week thing, probably. Uh, just considering the contact that goes along the jostling in the face area in a soccer game. So if any of our listeners are sports medicine uh, pra- practitioners and can tell me the answer, that'd be great. But either way, it's bad news. Glad glad we have Chris McCann as a a season backup with, I think they said in, uh, in the, on the broadcast, over 300 first division starts under his belt or, or pro pro starts under his belt, which seems like a lot. Um, so that good to have him, but now our depth at left back is, uh, I don't think there is any actually. Yeah. Much, much lower. <laughs> I guess Akeem Ward, uh, steps in possibly, yeah, uh, he probably steps in at that point. I think, we'll, I think I'll, I'll be looking forward to, um, to, uh, uh, Joseph Mora's like face mask that they give the players like he'll have like the, the weird mask that like keeps his like face protected when he's recovering from the broken jaw. Um, so uh, and obviously he'll enter concussion protocol and all that. Um, what do we, I mean, what do we think of Chris McCann? I, I thought he was solid. Um, I got very worried because I was like, if, if I'm Orlando, that's where I head, you know, cause Chris McCann doesn't have near the speed that jo- Joseph Moore does. Um, in my opinion, you just go right at him. Um, and thankfully they kind of didn't, I don't think they really, tested him all that much um but i mean other than that i thought he was solid um i thought he had a solid uh um a solid game uh but trey what was your uh, opinions of uh chris mccann entering in um, you know i didn't I, he's one of those i i always say at least with defenders the least the less i notice them probably the better they play because i'm not i'm i am not an aficionado of reading defenders uh you know abilities um I, I'm I like I think I've mentioned before I'm from Atlanta so I have a lot of friends who follow Atlanta United pretty closely and I do know that he was probably the most hated player on Atlanta United so my uh pretty much everybody that I know that follows that team was very excited to see him go so my 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 hopes for him were very uh you know measured. yeah measured <laughs> right exactly so so I, I guess my my as long as he's not hurting us, uh, then then that's a good game. Um, just based upon again, my my my, I guess poisoned uh, opinion of of him out the get go. By the way, y'all, uh, we want to hear from you all on this game, so please call in 703-879-4844. Um, you will hear it when someone calls in, and I will rush to answer the call. Um, my setup doesn't allow me to mute the calling, but hey, it's good. We get to uh, we get to have people jump on in. But seven zero three eight seven nine four eight four four. If you want to call in, and we want to hear from you all. You guys are going to help kind of drive this uh, thing. So we do this for you all, and we want to hear your voices on this. Um, so I, I guess you know the first half, the team got the two goals. Um, Bill Hamid again played solid, 
played solid. Um, I thought DC did a really effective job um, defensively. Uh, other than I guess the uh, maybe a couple of chances, they they were able to very much. They're a team that's not going to completely smother out a team on shots, but what they're going to do is they're going to give you shots, but they're going to be low percentage shots, you know, either outside the box or at bad angles, and basically daring teams to uh, to to risk them. It's what they did. They did throughout the two games, they, the few games they got the shutouts on. Um, they just forced teams into bad shots, and I thought it was pretty similar then. Um, and I was actually I was very concerned when Orlando threw out that five the five uh, five man back line um, because. It, that was basically what they did against New York was they just frustrated New York. They just did not let them have an easy time and they nicked a goal. So I said, okay, so DC, I said, DC has to score. If this is going 70, 80th minute and it's zero, zero, they could very well lose this game. Um, because, you know, I, I, I knew right off the bat that Orlando was going to play this ugly. And for the first, very much in the first half, they played it ugly and uh, Costa Rooney and pretty much the whole attack struggled really to get, high percentage chances. Uh, fortunately, it didn't matter because they were just really good on set pieces. Oh, and we have another call coming in. Hello, hello. Thank you for, thank you for calling RFK Refugees. How can we help you? Who is this? This is Henry. Henry, what's going on, my man? What do I you... did have a couple of comments of that game. Okay, go ahead, man. Jump right in. Number one, Chris Mueller for the U.S. men's national team. I don't care which you 20s or however old he is he changed that game completely and as a dc fan he really really got me interested in his abilities he completely changed that game that one person changed the game out of 22 people on that field yeah i i think i would agree chris Mueller. i thought had a had a really good game um again i thought dc did do a good job kind of forcing him into some some low percentage chances um but he could have very well uh very well changed the game for for dc uh for orlando um, any any DC related thoughts you have, or is it is it just the Orlando number? <laughs> yeah, number two. As far as the highly controversial in the next seven days before the next thing happens, uh, Wayne Rooney didn't roll over and play that he was hurt hard. He didn't hold his knee and and roll around in circles. He jumped out of the way slightly and then held his arms open. So if you if you watch that, he didn't. Uh, embellish, I will say. So the referee made the t- decision. That's the way it stands. Uh, if somebody swung their foot at me with cleats, I would probably jump out of the way too. <laughs> so, uh, but I will also add the little afterthought. If the situation were reversed, if that was Briant that came after Dom Dwyer and Dom Dwyer scored that goal, how would DC fans feel? So real mad. Uh, Food for thought. Food for thought on both accounts. I think it's okay. Call. I think it's okay. What happened? But um, as as vehement as people can be, just think about if you were on the other side. Yeah, I I I would tend to agree with that a little bit. Um, I think there would be a lot of angry uh, angry DC fans. Um, So exactly. Go ahead, Trey. Sorry, I think I think it's one of those things where yeah, I totally agree. Where. You know, there are the rules as they are written and there are the rules as which they are typically applied. And uh, I, I think the reason why I probably didn't know didn't know that you didn't have to touch a guy to get a foul. It's probably because it's not uh, it's not called all that often, at least not from from, you know, the games that I watch, I guess. So. So, yeah, shoe on the other foot. I would say, you know, if I was in their shoes, I would say, you know, well, well, you know, it's never called like that. Nobody ever calls that call. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just watching the wrong games, but. 
No, you know, you're reminding me of that six-second call that was made against Canada for the U.S. Men, women's national team. It's in the books. It was called, but it never really is ever called. But, you know, I, Alexi Lawless said something in that game, and that's been several years ago, that stuck with me, and that is just because you were speeding down this street and you're never caught for two years and then all of a sudden you get a speeding ticket, doesn't mean that you shouldn't get the speeding ticket. So I'll leave you with that. All right. Thanks so much, Henry. It sounds like Alexi Lawless likes speed cameras, which makes me makes me now like him a lot worse. Yeah. I, think, I think I now have – if I already didn't like him, now I hate him. I'm sorry, Alexi. Alexi Lawless is a cop. All all Alexis are bad. A A A B. Uh, I want to. There's some quotes here in the chat that I want to make sure we get yeah, to. Absolutely. Uh, Michael Foley said, "Brian has Joseph Moore his way into my heart," uh, yeah. and I think that's I think that's good. Um, Kyle Smoot says, "Finally giving up a goal. Is it a good thing, a bad thing, or a nothing burger?" I think that's something good we should throw out here. Uh, did we did we hope that we would go clean sheet forever? I did. I thought yeah. that would be very cool, and we should do that. Uh, and that we didn't do that as bad. Um, I think we all we we all talked at halftime, sort of saying what we thought the final score was going to be, and we all thought three one. Uh, and it could have been had yeah. had uh, had we not hit the post on a eighteen yard wide open opportunity for Moreno, uh, it would have been three one. Yeah, but I, I think overall the, the the praise that the backline got and and Bill Hamid got on the broadcast is warranted. I think that this team has really done really well as d- defending as a unit. Uh, really, really locking down. The midfield does a good job at closing down space, much better than Orlando. I, I wrote down in the first half when I was watching that Orlando's five-man back line led to the midfield getting overrun, and there would there was no opportunity for their midfielders to close down space. DC United players had a lot of time on the ball. They were able to sort of move with impunity, and the reason is that because everybody was in the back. Uh, and DC's full full-team defense is, what, is what's made them be so effective this year with the fact that they have conceded only one goal uh, through these games uh, is indicative of that. So what do, you, what do you guys think? Is it overall one goal for the year still pretty pretty great defense? Yeah, fantastic. I mean, I don't think you can, especially on the road too. I mean, it, I mean you look at it now, they're, they've basically only given up one goal in two road games, um, which, is, which is fantastic. Um, I don't think there's any argument that the team team defense was good. Uh, Birnbaum was good. Brilliant again has been has just been very good and very solid. And he's a guy that was sort of a big question mark, and we were all looking for his replacement. I don't think even if they sign somebody tomorrow, I don't think he immediately you know short of it being you know a, a European Champions League starting defender. I don't think there's anyone that really would take his spot. Um, would that would take his spot uh, right now? I mean, he, he was fantastic. Uh, Leonardo Hara again, another solid defensive performance. And I want to bring up one other player who had, I thought, a really good defensive performance. And it's a, it's he didn't really light it up, I guess, on the on the side of the ball that we kind of all want him to. Uh, but Lucas Rodriguez was he was instrumental, I thought, in dropping back a lot, especially when Mora went out. Um, and kind of being that that sort of guy who was going to drop back and use his speed when maybe McCann can't catch up. Uh, there were a couple of times where he dribbled himself out of out of trouble and kept possession for DC. Um, so I thought again he had a very very solid game. Um, not the one that's going to you know show up on the MLS highlight reels or get you team of the week, but it was just very solid defensively, and it shows why DC likes him and why DC likes a a winger that can also can also defend. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry, Zoltan, but. Um, you're going to be on the bench for for a little long while here. So, uh, but uh, but Trey, I, you, I'll give you a chance to to chime in on this. 
Um, sorry, I was just uh, I was kind of tuning out for a second because I was reading all the uh, the YouTube chat questions mm -hmm. and thinking about what my answers are going to be. So. <laughs> the question is the question is uh, defense good, right? We're, yeah. we're good at it. <laughs> I mean, uh, we only conceded one goal versus uh, a lot of chances, so uh, I don't think any of the saves that Bill Hamid made was like particularly like you know great feats of athleticism. Um, I think those are all saves he should have gotten um and probably i don't know i maybe i'm maybe i'm in the minority here but i think that the i don't know i don't really like the idea like that jalen robinson sub at the end at the end of the match i i kind of came to the conclusion that i didn't like that sub um i understand why ben did it to have you know five on the back line and close the game out but uh, we saw two instances where he did more harm than good um yep. got in the way a couple times he just he seemed too eager um in that time and i think maybe a better sub was to put ameriqua up top and uh you know maybe try to get the game a little bit more uh, on the other side of the field even though you know ben is comfortable you know playing his years of benny ball you know let's just knock this stuff out and have them you know f do throw-ins for the rest of the game but uh yeah i don't know i I, I guess we're fine defensively but still the, the second half of the game defensively just still had me way more uneasy than I should have been I feel I think I think that's a I think that's a really good call out on the Jalen sub I mean uh, a player that has not been known previously for his uh calmness and 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 sort of ability to calm a game down uh in his career so far did they say he's been on the team for six years is that, that what they said in the broadcast can't be right I think it might be right we're gonna have to consult the Google someone who's not talking should consult the Google um oh, but Either way, you're you're absolutely right. I think he headed the ball for corners on three consecutive plays. Um, and a player that has had no opportunities so far this year, who is desperate to desperate to impress, is not the it's not the player I put in in that in that in that particular second. And it actually goes to a question that we have here in the chat. As a professional here, I'm doing transitions. Uh, what was this was Josiah L. What was up with Rooney not making the run right at the end, 85th minute ish on Acosta's pass? Uh, that goes right to your Ameriqua potential sub there. Uh, Acosta was still pretty full of energy and played Rooney in with what should have been a pretty easy tap in. Uh, he did not make the run. Some of that's miscommunication, but it also looks like a little bit of just being out of gas. Trey, you look like you have thoughts. I, that was like that was the point in the game where I was stomping around my living room screaming, being like, why would you pass that back? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Again, I feel like my memory is not the best in general, but I feel like that's not the first time that Rooney has had not a lot of traffic in front of them and has decided to instead of uh you know either shoot on the goal shoot on the next person behind him or, or pass the person behind him he kind of decides to slow it down wait for people to come up and then rotate it around the back and every single time i'm like fucking why why would you do that <laughs> um and i don't know if he just doesn't have the like the confidence to just you know screw it just take a shot on goal um or i don't know i i, I don't this is. I feel like it's like the third time that I've that I've seen him do that, and it, it, the more he does it, the more it drives me crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think I think certainly, uh, um, certainly, uh, you know, fatigue is definitely playing a role, and that's a question I think Ben Olsen's going to have to ask, especially when we've got these. I think it's what eight, is it eight games over the next like few weeks or something like that. It's like they're they're playing. They're going to play a lot of games uh, coming up, and I think managing minutes um, is uh, is going to be important. 
Um, and yes, uh, by the way, I did check. Uh, Robinson was signed in 2014, so that would make this his sixth season in... <laughs> We're all old and dying. We're all <laughs> shriveled husks of individuals at this point. Um, okay, and uh, so I want to try to try to get some of these questions. Um, duh, duh, duh. You're asking too fast. I know. I yeah, y'all. Y'all. I got you. Okay. I got it. I got them. I got them all ahead of me. Well, I got. Uh, I, I want to talk about this. Um, Ratik Patel getting into the next game says I think McCann will struggle against Vela next week. Um, I think anybody's going to struggle against Vela next week. I'd say other than Wayne Rooney, he's probably you know the uh, other than Wayne Rooney, uh, Vale is probably having the best season of sort of the of the big stars in Major League Soccer um, at this point. Um, he absolutely torched uh, San Jose again in San Jose, um, but that's going to be. Th- th- I mean, this is a uh, this game against LAFC. This is going to be a a, a supporter shield type match. I mean, this is a match where if DC walks in and win this, you can start talking about this team potentially being a legitimate one hundred percent supporter shield contender. Um, and this, this is going to be probably, I think the, this is going, this is going to be the most difficult match of the season. There's no question. There's no question about that. Yeah. It's not close either. Really. This is, this is absolutely, I mean, Atlanta, Atlanta would have been, had all things been gone the way they've gone. And now they currently sit in the bottom of the Eastern conference. So we've seen now they've, they've definitely got a, a Toronto post champions league stank on them, uh, at the current moment, uh, yeah. sitting at the bottom, but and a coach LAFC, that doesn't know and not just against but... San Jose. And not just against the, the San Jose Earthquakes, who are garbage, horrible garbage team. Uh, they L.A. has looked good at pretty much uh, every team they've played. So it will be – it's going to be interesting. It's at home. Uh, we're not used to D.C. having to take sort of a measured, uh, balanced approach at home. Usually it's been pedal to the metal for the most part, aside from maybe the playoff game um, and a few, a few small occasions. Usually the team has been very front foot heavy. Uh, with with the home game so it'll be interesting to see how they adjust to a team that is in absolutely flying form with really talented with a one or two really talented players i think that there's you know vela is probably the one or there's probably one or two players on that team that you've really got a eyes out for that can game break um nguyen not as good as he used to be there's a there's a couple there's a couple players across the board that are that are that are you know you have to really isolate in single man. The problem is, like you said, uh, McCann being the replacement. Um, I don't think Joseph Moore would have really put him in his pocket either. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe <laughs> could you do three defensive midfielders? Could could we start Moreno, Canales, and Durkin in this lineup? See, is that possible? See, I don't. I don't think you change anything. I think you roll out the lineup that the your best eleven. You play. You don't. You you don't suddenly change. Number one, if you're playing on the road, maybe then you look at things. But this game is at home. This game is at home. LAFC is going to have to travel cross country to come here and play. And traveling in Major League Soccer is never easy. Um, so this game's at home. You still go on the front foot. You still play the exact way that's gotten you to this flying start. Basically, I don't think you make any changes. I think you 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 just only hope that you know you can contain. Vela enough. He's gonna probably put a ball in the back of the net in this game. Let's be serious. I, I if DC shuts out LA, then I think we're the best team in Major League Soccer, and there's and there's there's no question about it. Um, but I don't think you change it. You're at home. Put them on the front foot. Go after them, um, and try to come up. Uh, try to come up with the win. Um, I think that's the only thing way you got to look at it. So I was looking at um, I was looking at a conversation I had with a friend uh, back home in, in uh, Atlanta uh, when we signed Chris McCann just to kind of get his beat on him. And the complaint that he had was that uh, the reason why a lot of Atlanta fans didn't like Chris McCann was that he uh, 
for an attacking team that Matata Martino kind of implemented, he he would never seem to really want to get in get in on the attack um, when he was playing uh, D mid uh, in Atlanta. So if he's playing a was it right back, right? Yeah, left back. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, left back. So if he uh, if he's playing in a, in a you know kind of a a back wing position, then um, I don't know. We we know that that's how Ben has set up this team so far is to have the the right and the left backs push up kind of playing as a wing back position um and then kind of have the 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 wingers kind of do the same thing right so uh i think that that's kind of what you lose on that side is that attacking ability uh again just totally based upon um conversations i've had with other people so um it doesn't seem like there was much complaints regarding his defensive capability we're just going to have to figure out something going forward on that side yeah uh i'm going to rock through a couple more comments here Atonal Tensor said, I ran into Burnmom at a cafe this past weekend. Such a nice guy. So happy he scored today. That's cool. Uh, I was like, I have one out and about sighting at DC United. It was Brandon Barklage at a giant in Kingstown, Alexandria. I saw him uh, bagging his own groceries. I was like, hey, you're Brandon Barklage. I'm not going to say anything because that would be weird. And you're at the giant. So I'm not going to say anything. Uh, Kyle Smoot said, kudos to Ted nailing the prediction on the score last week. He thinks we're not going to go back and check that but we'll just say that he's right. Um, Brian Kane said, it has been said on this podcast a bit, but Lawless was singing the praise of how, of how fun this team is to watch. Is the chemistry of this team as important right now as the skill level? I think that's a really good question. Um, I tweeted during uh, the game, I, at, at some point I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop being impressed at how, uh, f- how fluid this team is on the ball and how they never look hurried and how when they get, when they get the ball with like a foot of space, they never just hoof it. And they never just get scared and lose it or just pass it out of bounds. They always make the right pass. Uh, but that day is not today because every time I see this team play and they do it, I'm just, I can't understand that this is the team that I have been following <laughs> since 2007. Um, it's chemistry is important. I think if you look at sort of the, I, don't, I mean, who cares really, but like the Instagram basically for all these players, they all hang out, they hang out with each other on their breaks. Um, all of the South American players went to, I think, Shenandoah Mountains uh, this, uh, this last weekend or the two week um, the weekend before that. Um, Briant and Zoltan always hang out. They, this is, I mean, there's clicks or whatever. I think that's, I think that's to be expected with any group of twenty-something adult men. Uh, they're not all going to be like, let's all go bowling together. Let's all play laser tag. There's going to be, there's going to be subgroups. Um, but as long as they. As, I mean, it's just cool that they enjoy each other's company. They don't. There's not a lot of problems on the field. You don't see like the chemistry problems sometimes you see on bad teams, where there's just remonstrating on the field or pointing and yelling. The only player who ever really gets mad is Ariola gets mad a little bit uh, on the field. He's also smiling a lot, uh, but he will. He's the one player that will like, you know, do the double arm point at the ground. Like, why did you not pass the ball there? Why did you not do this? Everybody else sort of you know plays it cool, but. <laughs> What do you think about sort of uh, – do you think chemistry is a part of why this team is playing so well right now? I don't – oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Trey. Sorry, I'm the guest. <laughs> this is your show. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I, I think it is – I think, honestly, when you look at individual talents on the team, there's not anybody that's extraordinary outside of, obviously, Rooney and Acosta. Rooney, Acosta, and, 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 and Bill Hamid are, are a cut above their own class. Um, everybody else, I don't know. Like, I, I think I like them as individual players. I, I like Russell Knauss. I like Paul Ariola. I like them. But truth be told, none of them are like, you know, they're not in the 90th percentile of MLS players, I don't believe. 
so I, I just kind of think that over the last year or so, they've, they've figured out who to put in what place and, and that people are getting along. Um, and that I think that's translating well to the fields. Uh, one thing that was uh, a complaint of uh, Darren Maddox back when he was at the Whitecaps and then Portland and even here was that he was kind of locker room poison. Nobody really, I mean, all my friends in Portland, they all just said the same thing of like Darren Maddox never really hung out with anybody. He never really made friends on his teams. Um, he did really well, uh, you know, the, the first part of last year. But I mean, I think, it, I think you, you could kind of tell the players that like each other and how well they play on the team, uh, given, you know, I, I think, I think that there's a lot more chemistry that we're, that we're not taking into account um, based on our performance. Yeah, I think uh, I think to echo, you know, to John's point, chemistry is obviously important. You need a, a locker room that trusts each other and likes each other, um, because when things get tough, you know, you don't want situations to develop where players start getting mad at each other. Players start checking out and like, you know, then that's how bad seasons like 2010 and 2013 happen. Um, I think Brandon McDonald, I remember when he like hacks down a player in the box and has a apparently had such a huge locker room meltdown that Ben pulled him off uh, at halftime, just yanked him out of that game. Um, so, you know, chemistry is important. I think chemistry is, you know, it, it, it's what keeps keeps players together. Players have an understanding of each other uh, is obviously important, um, along with being skillful. Um, and I think DC has has built themselves where they have certainly their, fir- their first 11. Maybe once you get past that 12, you know, maybe some 12, uh, 13, 13th players, uh, they just have, you know, really solid very good players and then they've got you know like you said Hamid Acosta um and uh and uh Rooney who are just kind of like you know that step above those those guys that can go out and do things like Rooney did yesterday where he takes a ball that's basically a corner kick and scores you know an unbelievable goal and those are the types of things that win you soccer games um and keep you kind of that that cut above um I was trying to go through John. You want to jump got, in? We got, yep, we, we, I got these. we got a whole bunch of I'll, questions that came in. So <laughs> yep, I'll, I'll be the I'll be the designated reader. Yes, uh, Landon Long uh, has has done a little googling for me and has said that my completely amateur googling says that a fractured jaw is about six weeks to heal. That mm. would be cool. That would be very bad. Very 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 <laughs> not good. We don't like that. Hopefully he has strong bones. We can fabricate like a metal, uh, like cage, yeah. right? They can they can wear like a lacrosse cage or something. I mean, the, the the one good thing is, fortunately, a fractured jaw is not like a fractured like ligament or leg or arm or something like that. So he can still you don't need keep... your jaw to score goals. Yeah. Well, yeah, he uh, he can still keep his fitness up is more what I'm getting at. So he can still keep his fitness so that, you know, may, it might be a six week healing frame, but it might get to a point where that's OK. You know, we can affix some sort of mass that will sort of keep everything protected. And, you know, you can go out there in four weeks or so or five weeks even. So um, we could we could 3D print him a new jaw. Yes. I think maybe we yeah. could look into doing that. Just <laughs> um, the one that he has. currently. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Smoot says. Hardly any rotation at all in the starting 11 so far. When should that change? Uh, there are uh, two games in a week after the LAFC game. I believe there's a game on Saturday and I think a game on Tuesday. Someone who's not talking can check me on that. But I'm pretty sure that's the, that's the case. I think that second game of the week, that midweek game, I think it's against Montreal, is when you'll see uh, some rotation. You'll you'll see your Zoltans. Uh, you probably still won't see Ameriqual as a starter. I think Rooney will start every game uh, for as long as he's here, unless yeah. he is dead. Um, uh, you will, you'll probably see Durkin start. Uh, you'll probably see, I think that's probably it. I don't, I, there aren't, I don't think Robinson starts that game. 
I don't think I don't think uh uh why can't I remember Chris Blank's last name, the goal the backup goalie? Uh What's his name? Chris Seitz. Seitz. I couldn't remember his name. Oh well. Chris Seitz probably will not start. Again, that's like a maybe that's like an open cup start for him. Um but I the the depth, the drop off in the depth is I think pretty significant. I think I think they'll probably keep most of the players in the eleven, even in that second game. I think you'll see two or three changes, maybe. Well, I mean, the big, the big question I think is going to be, you know, and, and this is what I talked about earlier. I, I was very surprised when Ben threw out Jalen Robinson in that game because I was more on along, along the lines of actually not doing Ameriqua, but actually throwing out a guy like Chris Durkin to kind of settle that middle of the field. You take him in for for Moreno, and then you're basically just dropping that all back, basically as like another defensive position. Um, you know, I think this is where guys like Chris Durkin are going to have to step up, and this is an opportunity for Chris to get some time and to and to maybe increase his his potential selling fee um, in the summer. Um, and certainly, he's going to be with the U20s, and that's going to be take up a lot of his time. Um, but this is going to be a uh, this is going to be an important moment for him. I think uh, you know Ben's talked a lot about how he thinks Jalen Robinson can step in, and this is the this is his year. Uh, it was a pretty shaky performance, but he's going to become important. Um, so there's a lot of guys in that in that bench that are going to be stacked, uh, going to be uh, have to step up. I, I don't know if I are the big reason I think we consider our bench to be weak is because we have not seen. Um, our bench play that much this season and they have they're unproven more than anything so they might even it might be uh they might be weak or it might be amazing you never know so trey your thoughts yes no let's move on to the next question <laughs> okay next question let's uh, keep it rolling <laughs> yeah um uh I guess also we'll give you guys another. We haven't read the number out in a bit. If you want to call in right now, we've got a few listeners. So if you want to call in, yeah, 703-879-4844. We love hearing your voice versus just reading your questions. Although we also love reading your questions. Yeah. Um, do you want? There are questions that are about not this game. Do you want to? Do you want to take those? I think I don't think I don't see why not. Yeah. We've talked. We've talked pretty much about the game uh, writ large. Uh, I got never meeting in about five minutes. So let's run. <laughs> yeah, I've got a hard stop at 9:42. I've got to make my next <laughs> podcast. Uh, Never quit said, "How likely is it that Acosta will be sold during the summer transfer window?" We have talked about this uh, a little bit on the pod. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. There, are, there's increasing rumors going about um, Fenerbahce, PSG coming back in. Um, there is the question of. The reason you buy now, you pay. The reason you pay a transfer fee now is to have exclusive negotiation rights with this player and lock them up, versus letting him get to either a pre-contract situation, which he could do if he wants, or get to a free agency where every team that could want him will drive at him. And I think that drives his price up from a wage perspective. It's the same, you know, just same principles as anybody else. When you when when you're when you've got the dominant position in the market, you'll get more money. Um, do I think DC sells him? I think they do. And the reason I think they do is because if you look at what this, the decisions the team has made in other places, for instance, the Flow Sports deal, um, if there's money on the table to be made, they're going to they're gonna go for it. And it's not good. It's not bad. I think it's just the situation the team currently finds itself in. Um, we've talked about it before. They're heavy, heavily leveraged. They've got debt service on the new stadium. They're building another stadium in Loudoun. They've got a training ground to build that they haven't even broke ground on. Um a little bit of money for for Acosta in the summer is better than no money for Acosta when he leaves uh, in the winter, even with a trophy for, for you know, 
hopefully potentially <laughs> but yeah hopefully i'm saying like even even if things go great that doesn't necessarily get them more money the people will come anyway if this team makes it to the playoffs and wins a trophy they're going to sell out audi field for all those games anyway so him being there or not you know if, if he makes the team better and they win because of him you could make the argument that he's a requirement um he, if they if he does leave they will have to fill the spot they'll have to the rumor everyone thinks that what will what they'll do is sign Assad and 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 Rodriguez will, will take over his spot in the middle. That that could happen. I I would think that you could maybe do better than Assad, who can't even break into the 18 right now in Argentina. He was a great player, and I'd like to have him, but I don't think uh, I think bringing in Assad for Acosta is a net negative on this team's overall performance. So if that's what they do and that's all they do, the team will not be better going into the run up. So hopefully, I I think Ted and I have said this a couple times. What we would like to see happen is they keep him. Uh, throughout the year, come what may, uh, and try to win a trophy. And then if he walks for free, he walks for free, and you really have to kick yourself for how how it went down in the last window prior, other than other than not selling him in the summer. Ted? Uh, yeah, and, and one thing I've kind of been watching is I've been watching a little bit of Rodriguez because I've been kind of saying, okay, if, if we do sell Acosta, they think Rodriguez can sort of fill into that role and and be that sort of that that number 10. Um, I would say actually today I feel a little bit more confident that he can that he can fill into that role should should we have to sell Acosta. Um, I thought he showed an ability to sort of have that dribbling ability. It's nowhere near on Acosta's level, mind you. It's it's still very much like a Acosta light version of dribbling. But I mean, Rodriguez showed an ability to to keep the ball. So I'm not sure. I think there will be a drop off or there will be a change. Um, uh, I think they should do something crazy in the summer and not sign Assad, and they should go sign like Chicharito, because why the hell not? Um, completely change how you play and put two forwards up there and and run at people. And I and and I see uh <laughs> I see uh, uh John grimacing at that, but hey man, that that I want to see the team do something big, and that would be something big. So um, obviously we hope they keep Acosta, but you know it's looking more and more likely that that's not going to happen. Um, I think these these. Uh, negotiations, these transfer, you know, the, the contract talks are going to be crucial. If the team can manage to do that, then then honestly, all hail uh, Dave Casper. Dave Casper is a wizard. Dave Casper is a god um, and everything like that. Um, I, you know what? I could, I do wonder, I do wonder, could we see DC, you know, receive an offer and then they go to Acosta and say, we're, we're going to accept this offer, but you have to sign a new contract, basically. You have to sign a contract to extend it, and then that way the fee can go up, basically. Or, or they'll say, "We we will we will work hard to sell you in the summer, but you have to uh, you have to sign a new contract with us, um, and you have to uh, and you and, and you have to go do that." So, I mean, I could see that. I could certainly see that. I, that would uh, the team making the offer would be extremely pissed if that's they would, would probably withdraw their offer. Fair enough, I, fair I, this, yeah. this is what I think would happen. This is the only way, way it could happen. DC comes to, I mean, they're supposedly having, you know, starting in April, they're supposedly reopening talks. Here's what they do. They say, please sign this contract. Here's why you should sign this contract. If we get an offer exceeding $8 million for you in the next year, you can go. We won't say anything else. It's in the contract. You have a basic, a, 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 an implicit release clause. Uh, we, you know, and if we don't, and if we don't accept it and you're still bound to this contract, your pay goes up 50%. The next year, you have an escalator clause. If you're still here and you got we got an offer and it's logged, then then that's it. There are some problems there because bids are not necessarily public, so they could pretend they didn't get a bid, 
or the agent could manufacture a bid that didn't actually happen. As I'm saying it out loud, I realize the problems with this are probably too much. But it is more likely than the other scenario. I think he's not going to sign a contract. I think he's going to leave. Uh, I think he's probably going to leave at the end of the year or maybe get sold. I could absolutely see them slipping a release saying, here, we'll sign a contract. We're going to put a $12 million release clause. If any club comes and offers us $12 million for you, we have to accept it. Um, and I'm sure they would have, if they would have resigned that contract, I'm sure they would have loved to dump that up to 20 million or something like that to give them something more valuable. But I could see them, I could see them going to Costa and saying, look, you know, we're already getting these offers of, you know, you know, 8 million, 9 million, 10 million. We're going to slip in a $12 million release clause, light it up. And if a team and, and you, that, that that's going to be cheap and we're going to make our money and everybody's going to be happy. So, uh, we could see a release clause put in there. Maybe that, that says, okay, I think I'll go ahead and sign this because, there's no more, you know, ambiguity. They have to sit. They have to accept it. So, although we have seen in Europe that uh, tra- <laughs> that those aren't actually binding, uh, players players have are, there have been bids received for release clauses, and teams are just like, no, no, we're not going to do that. We're just going to keep the player. That's, well, uh, it, we're not going to do that. Yeah, obviously, I mean, that's who the it risk. was? Obviously, it, obviously, that's the risk. But I, I don't think I don't think no. DC would treat Acosta like that if they get a twelve, no. fifteen million dollar offer. This summer, they're accepting that. I mean, they're taking that right off the bat. Um, that's money in the bank. So, trade. Sorry, did you have any thoughts? We kind of left you, left you out. That left you out. No, there. no, no. I, I think that. Uh, I, th- I think I'm still firmly in the camp that we sell them uh, over the summer. Um, I think that. I don't. I, I, I could totally see them. I could totally see him leaving for significantly less than what PSG offered us. Um, uh, if he doesn't sign a new contract, I think that that's a given, but I, I think that DC needs to do two things. They need to do a statement of, they basically need to like put out a statement of intent after kind of that whole PSG sag of saying, we are willing to sell our players. Um, we're not that stingy. Like, you know, we, we, we are open for business. Basically DC still kind of needs to do that. They basically need to do that kind of, you know, um, after that whole thing went down. And I also think that they'll do it just based upon, a cost of not leaving on a free. I think that that would kind of be embarrassing for them. And I don't know. I, they uh, I, obviously that never kept them from, from doing that with, with Bill Hamid, but I guess Bill Hamid was never really looking to be sold. Uh, he just kind of was, uh, I, I don't know, maybe that situation was a little different, but, um, but I don't know. I, I still, I, every time I kind of talk myself around it, I still come down on, uh, a selling, uh, a selling a cost, uh, in the summer for some negligible amount of money. Oh, we'll certainly see. Uh, John, are there any other questions we had? What, uh, John John apparently is, is sneezing. I right was right. mid-sneeze. I was trying to sneeze, and it went away because when you talk about sneezing, you stop sneezing. That's yes. how I learned that. Yes. Um, Nitrogen Burn said, Ted, Chicharito. Oh, no, baby. What is you doing? Uh, so I appreciate the meme, <laughs> hey, man. meme rejection there. Um, other questions here from Landon Long. I'm sorry. Yeah, Landon Long. Follow on is selling Acosta worth buying Hamid back from Mitchelland and getting Assad outright? Uh, no, yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. No, um, I, I. I don't. Not to be flippant. Um, I think that Hamid buying Hamid back is something they're going to do. I think that uh, if it's up to him, really. Uh, Mitchelland obviously did not rate him as their starter. A good, another good season at MLS will not make that more so unless the start, the current starter has has his contract go or the wages are too high or whatever. He's as good, he's as good now as he was when they bought him, and he still didn't start. Yeah, um, and he's not getting, and he's not getting national team starts as we've discussed at length 
Uh, so that's not making him, that's not raising his profile at all. But so. I mean, I will say his performances are starting to make him more valuable to DC. And in fact, I think, I believe DC did try to purchase it, purchase him um, over the transfer window. And the uh, Mitchell and the, the team in Denmark was like, no, we're not, we're not, you know, we're going to oh. keep the loan going. So, uh, so, so, I mean, it's going to be, and, and this, this team in Denmark apparently is very stingy about, you know, accepting offers. So, I mean, I'm going to say DC's probably going to have to pay a pretty penny um, to get, to get him back. Um, and, you know, you can talk about, well, he came on a free and everything like that. Um, they have no problems, I think, with just letting him come back um, after the loan deal. It's still crazy to think that Hamid's on a loan deal. Like that, that part is still sometimes takes some time to register for me. But, um, yeah. but uh, uh, more questions here. Uh, Josiah L says DC will make more money winning MLS Cup than the fraction of the transfer fee DC United will keep, right? Um, I think that's hard to say. Yeah. If you're talking about like literal funds from the league for winning, no. Uh, if you're looking at maybe other sort of auxiliary or ancillary costs that come in from getting that far, uh, earned media, additional exposure, season ticket renewals, all that stuff, maybe that's possible. Granted, we, as talked about when the PSG, PSG deal almost happened, uh, there is a, there's a percentage that goes to Boca. There's a percentage that goes to the agent. There's a percentage that goes to the player. That middleman, that the middleman, <laughs> that's right. That value adding middleman in this whole deal. And then the team gets what's left over. Um, and then MLS takes a fourth of that. So, and then that's right. <laughs> and then the league gets their, their, their beak wet as well. So I still think even though, uh, you're looking at, it'll be less, I will be shocked if it's somehow more than what they got offered for a whole season. That won't happen. It'll be less than that by half probably, uh, for a, for a player that's free in six months. Ted, you, you look a little bit incredulous. Do you think, well, the one, the one thing I will say is once PSG got involved and once PSG started to show interest, sometimes that can sort of start to create a little bidding war um, where I could see rather than see, considering there was just one suitor for for his services base. I mean, maybe there was another one in Saudi Arabia, but that was never a legitimate you know suitor. There was no way that was going to happen. But when a club like PSG suddenly gets attached to you and it falls through, other teams take notice and they say, "Hey, let's check out this Acosta guy." And they watch him and they say, "Wow, this guy's really good. Let's get involved." And then suddenly you get you know multiple bids, and then Casper, you know, a team comes in and offers eight million, and then they go to another club and say, uh, "Well, they're offering us eight million. What can you do? Oh, you can do nine million, ten million, and that can sort of start to to bring it up." So I mean, the the interest he got from PSG, I think could potentially help DC maybe get a little bit more than people are saying he's going to get, despite the fact his contract does end in six months. Um, now, the question, of course, is going to be, even if they, you know, it, Acosta has full control here. He can say, no, do not send me there. Do not send me to this club. You know what? I'm just going to wait for a free transfer. I'm just going to wait. And he, he can absolutely refuse any type of transfer. Um, and then DC's stuck with him, and he leaves on a free. So uh, going to be a... Gonna be interesting to see what happens. Trey, did you have uh, anything interesting to add, or are you? No, no, no. I, 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 <laughs> I was kind of thinking uh, maybe we should put a uh, <laughs> we should put a prediction on how uh, how much he goes for if he goes. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think I'm, that's I'm fair. Say two million. I say he goes for two million. You said two million. Two million. Because what? Million. So so what? It was it was seven million for the the last year of his contract, right? From PSG, was that their final offer? Was like seven million. Uh, I think Between it was seven and nine. I yeah, think. it was seven and nine. So someone in that two. range. Yeah. It, 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 wow. If if 
if any club came and offered two million for Acosta, I'd say yeah, no, thank you very much. We'll just keep him for half a season. For you're getting you're getting him for the full season though. You don't I, DC. I would just say no. I would say no. If now if another team comes and offers eight nine million, then yeah, then I think DC considers it, yeah, and they take into account that they're taking the hit because of the because of the half the half season. Um, I, I do not see it being two million. I think two million. Gabe Casper is literally going to laugh and hang up the phone um, at, at an offer like that. Sorry, two, I, I, you're wrong, Trey. Three three million three million dollars. <laughs> two million is is a half of one year of the Flow Sports deal. So two million dollars for, I, I think they I think they'd have to at least I think they'd have to at least get five. I'm talking about net. They'd have to net at least five million dollars after all the fees said and done. Okay. And that and that and that has you at eight or nine maybe for for the actual sticker when you talk when you get down to what DZ's portion is. I I, we, I mean, you talk about what you would need to to pay to replace the player, or if not, like you could look at it cynically and say, I don't care replacing the player is sort of irrelevant. We'll roll what we have. We've spent money in other places. Other players will just have to do better and step up more. That's possible. They could say that cynically. Uh, I don't think that would be a Dave Casper decision. That would be an ownership decision if they went that way. Um, but I, I'm going to say if he gets sold, it will be a net. What did I say? Net five or net six? Net five is what you said. Net, I think that's. I think I'm going to go with that. Ted, what do you think? I, I mean, I would agree with you. I, I think if another team comes in with an eight nine million dollar offer, maybe one that's not you know perpetuated by some of these middlemen, and then you can kind of maybe it's Casper directly talking to the organization. Maybe DC can get a little more out of um, out of the deal. Um, and also, like I mean, I'll say what I said earlier. I I think there's a chance that you know his interest uh, abroad and and the the teams that are interested in him. Um, is going to kind of drive up his price a little bit because they're going to be, you know, three, four clubs maybe bidding for his services. And that can drive up the price. That can drive up, even for half a season, a team could want to drop that money to to make sure they get him to start the season. Um, so it, it's going to be the the continuing story this offseason. Um, and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be one of the stories that's just going to, every week we're going to probably be talking about it in some capacity. Um, there's, just, there's just no escaping it. Um all right, I guess, uh, do we have anything else we want to wrap up the show with or any other I questions? Think, I think we should make sure that we tell people there's a possibility that you're listening to this. You don't actually listen to our podcast. That's a that's a that's an actual possibility. <laughs> yes. So if that is you, um, make sure you listen to our podcast, subscribe to our podcast. We're on all of the podcasts. Our podcast is called RFK Refugees. We're on. Are we on Stitcher yet? We're on we're Stitcher. On we're on Google Play. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Spotify. Basically, if we're, if we're on someplace or we're not on someplace and you listen to it, literally just email me and I will put in. It, it, it doesn't take that much effort, but it's kind of one of those things that just slips my mind. Um, so he'll I'd, come to your house and uh, put his phone on speaker and shut it away. <laughs> not maybe not that, but I will I will make the effort to make sure we get it on a, a podcast app that you listen for. But I think we've covered basically the main ones, so you should be able to yeah. listen to also and, stickers. Uh, if, if you're a listener, if you're a listener, you get one of these sweet sweet stickers. We keep getting requests for them. Yes. I have been told it was low budget of me to ask for money to cover to, to cover postage, so I'm no longer doing that. So if you want a sticker, <laughs> just let us know and tell us your address, and I will go. I will go into my pocket and I will get you. I will get stamps and I will get envelopes. I have envelopes right here on the floor. I will put these in envelopes and I will mail them to you. And you can put them on your car. You can put them on light posts. Put them on your you laptop. Yeah, on your laptop, yes. that's a good spot, high visibility spot. Um, you can support us on if you like this and want us to do more weird stuff like this. 
Um, this was an experiment. I think it went pretty well. We're, at, we're on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Refugees. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at RFK Refugees. We have a Facebook page that we don't use very often and no one really likes it. But if you want if you want us to use it, you could like it and then I'll do it more, which is at facebook.com slash RFK Refugee Podcast. I think that's all the things. That's all the things. And uh, if you're in Richmond and at a kicker's game, come find me and you can get a sticker as well. So I'll be at Richmond. And if you're, in, if you're at RFK, or not RFK, holy shit. If you're at <laughs> Audi Field, you can come and see Trey and I on the the second deck of, uh, of is that the north stand? Whatever the stand that is. The yeah. only one deck. Yeah, that one, the big stand. We're at the top. We're at the upper level. We're probably in the bar at halftime. Uh, come say hi. I'll give you some stickers and we could just high five. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Thank you all so, so much for listening. Thank you to our callers, Colin and um, Henry, for calling into the show, participating. Um, we'll probably do this more often, mostly for away games, I think, is what we're thinking, because a lot of you like Trey and John and a lot of people who listen to us go to the games. So it's not really good to, to jump on and it would just be me and it'd be kind of boring. Um, so I think we're going to kind of keep these for away games uh, and maybe for ma- other major games, we'll probably jump in as well. Uh, but if you all like this and want to see more, I think we're probably going to do more. So I uh, thank you all so, so much for listening. Thank you all for people who donate, subscribe, you know, spread the word about the podcast. Um, you guys are amazing. Uh, this is, I think, exceeded far what John and I thought when we yep. started this, you know, a year ago, uh, the, what it was going to be. So uh, thank you all so, so much. And uh, we will catch you all uh, next. I will do, we'll probably have a show recording Monday. So we'll, we'll do that. And we'll be having a uh, ELAC, uh, John. Sedante from who's an LAFC fan. So definitely look out for that. So uh, thank you all so much for listening and we will catch you all next week. Imagine Almost. you're hearing music right now. <laughs> and there's music. <laughs> It'll be in post. Bye. Almost.